And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning here on the Athletic Podcast Network. My name is Sherrod Weiss. I am joined by Mo Tequil after probably one of my favorite weekends of NBA basketball in quite a while. How are you feeling, Mo? I mean, this was probably the best NBA weekend we've had this season. Wow, that's that's a strong take. Well, you know, it's not a surprising take when you consider what we had on Saturday night for the ABC primetime matchup between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, where Jason Tatum and Steph Curry combined for 91 points between them on quick math here, 31 for 52 shooting from the field. That's pretty decent. And uh, the Celtics somehow won this game, even with Steph having one of his best games of the year. They won it 119 to 114, though. I mean, no, it was a phenomenal performance. I mean, when you look at the shots that Steph Curry is hitting. Oh, my God. It's, it's the, the three or four times I, I I've tweeted out clips where I'm just like in this game alone I was just like there's nothing the defense can do like he's <laughs> he's they're doing great job defensively and he's just knocking down these shots it's unreal and then Tatum on the other end just kind of answering you know you know shot for shot attacking the rim got to the line a few more times in this game I think it was uh it was just a really fun, fun game. And then, of course, we got to talk about it. Marcus Smart with the huge hustle play, you know, to for an offensive rebound, gets the ball to Tatum in the post. The Warriors double him. They kick it out to Smart. Smart with a pass fake that shifts the entire defense and then knocks down a, a three that put them up. I think that was, you know, a massive play in the game. It was just a fun night. Well, the best part of that play was Smart, who is really infamous for being willing to take crazy three-pointers in crunch time and having a actually probably a pretty solid success rate compared to most guys in the league. But he took like five seconds of just standing there locking himself in. And the Warriors, just nobody scrambled out from inside to try to contest the shot. It was like it was like Draymond was out there, basically. And of course, he ended up burying it. I, it was I can't remember the last time I saw somebody stand all alone for what feels like 10 seconds until they and getting a wide open three in crunch time with the game on the line. Yeah, no, seriously, like Smart had enough time to toss up some grass in the air, see which way the wind <laughs> was blowing, you know, had a, had a chance to make sure the 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 seams of the ball was right where he wanted. I mean, he had plenty of time with with that. I, I guess they were just willing to live with that shot and it and it cost him. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Steph has been playing at an MVP level all year. We know that. I think uh, if the team had a winning record, uh, they he probably would be much higher up in the conversation. But Jason Tatum, who's had a bit of an up and down year, especially because he had COVID and that affected him for a while, 
he's been playing his best basketball of his career lately had a 40 10 game in this one yet again only two turnovers in 40 minutes with him running the entire offense basically Kemba Walker had 26 points and eight rebounds in this game only two turnovers for him running point the entire game and this was without Jalen Brown Rob Williams and Evan Fournier who's supposed to be coming back from COVID this week seeing the Celtics pull this one out they've won they have besides a loss to Philadelphia, they they would have, I think, was it nine wins in the row at this point? So do you feel like the Celtics have done enough at this point to convince you that they are for real now? You know, it's been every time I felt like they've had it's it's kind of like the Clippers. They they, they do something stupid. Um, <laughs> so I and I don't want to jinx the Celtics with that. So um, they've looked really impressive with that West coast trip and everything they've done, they've, you know, they've skyrocketed to fifth in the standings and they're feeling pretty confident. And I think, you know, it's beginning to look better. So a little more confident, but I don't know if I trust them too much more than being a second round exit. Oh, well, I think that's probably optimistic for uh, compared to where they were earlier this year. Uh, and, you know, they, they would be in fourth place if it weren't for the Atlanta Hawks continuing to win. They won on Sunday, 129 to 117. They had four players with over 23 points, even. Uh, Trey Young had 34 and 11 in this game. The Hawks, just ever since they switched to Nate McMillan, they just haven't slowed down yet. And they still have a lot of guys that they're waiting to get back. Yeah, look, this is a the big thing there is, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich has really kind of finally found his groove as a Hawks player. I think he's averaging over 20, 25 points a game in the probably the last six or seven games or so. Just, you know, finding himself being more comfortable. This is something that wasn't happening in the beginning of the season. And, you know, give McMillan a lot of credit. You know, he's pushing all the right buttons and, and getting these guys going. And we got the guy that doesn't get enough press about all of this is Clint Capella, who's just been a double-double machine for this team all season. 25 points in 24 rebounds going up against Domo Sabonis and Miles Turner. I mean, the guy's numbers have just been unbelievable this year. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And so you would think Atlanta and Boston would be kind of locked into that four or five matchup, but Julius Randle and the Knicks are not letting that happen because they won again on Sunday, 122 to 112. 
in overtime. A thrilling comeback at the end for them because they uh, the Pelicans went up 99-92 on Alonzo layup with 3.43 left. And then, of course, you had D-Rose just going off at the end, brings them all the way back, has a huge defensive play at the buzzer to allow them to get to overtime. And Julius Randle, he takes care of business. He had 33 points, 10 dimes, five boards, five steals. The guy has just been playing out of his mind. I mean, no, he's looking like a guy that's going to make an all-NBA team. Definitely. How well he's been playing. Like, he's he's been phenomenal. And when you look at the, the minutes, you know, the minutes load he has, it's pretty impressive. He hasn't worn down at all this year. But I think you kind of forgot to play there, Jared. We got to talk a little bit about what Lonzo Ball was thinking on that final possession that the Knicks had. They're down three. Derrick Rose comes off the screen, turns the corner, and is attacking the rim. And as he's attacking the rim, I'm thinking in my head, like, no, no, you're down three. You need a three. And as that happens, Lonzo Ball takes one or two steps towards him, leaving Reggie Bullock open in the corner. Rose finds him and drills that three. And you can just see the frustration on poor Stan Van Gundy's face of like, what are you doing? It was just brutal right there. And I think that really ended up, I mean, Costa Horta, I mean, excuse me, Costa Pelicans the game because they ended up going to overtime and then just lost the lost the rope there. I mean, I, I feel like Stan Van Gundy has resting what are you doing face anyway. So that's just a normal expression for it. But you're right. It was and it was a good shot by Bullock. I mean, give him credit. The guy has really revitalized his career in this next season and has been one of the kind of unsung heroes of why they're performing so well. It, D Rose, he had 23 points and nine for 17 shooting. Uh, are you seeing enough out of D Rose to think that when the Knicks offense has to really step up in the playoffs against whatever matchup they end up getting, that he can do enough to carry them that they can be competitive? No. What are we talking about here, Jared? No. <laughs> talk about you know, a legend. It's, it's, listen, here's the thing, and we talk about this all the time when we get closer to the playoffs. It gets so much tougher in the playoffs to score because teams really do game plan and lock down for you and and, and have a better understanding of what you're trying to do. It's different than when you're going from a back to back or, or, you know, playing one team on Wednesday and the next team on Friday. I think it's going to be a different scenario for the Knicks offense, which, you know, has been pretty good in this recent run six game winning streak they're on. But I don't buy that that's going to be something that's going to carry over in the playoffs. Bam. Let's get to our final game of the show. We had Miami beating Brooklyn 109-107. Bam Adebayo hitting a spectacular game winner, 21 points, 15 boards, and five dimes for him, although seven turnovers. This was a game without Jimmy Butler, and that was important because they lost to Minnesota on Friday. Butler called the team out, and they responded really well against a team that no matter who they have out there continues to win in Brooklyn. Yeah, it was really good to see Miami kind of step up because I'm relatively confused by this team. You know, it's it's they win a few games. They look great. They lose a few games. They look terrible. Uh, This time they came out, they were much more physical. They were getting into Brooklyn defensively and and, and really kind of battling there. And, you know, they stayed with it and, and bam hits. A huge shot. I mean, again, it's one of those things where I thought Jeff Green played good defense. I don't know if there was much else he could have done on that play. And, you know, Bam just played better offense. And this game 
mattered for Brooklyn too, because while Landry Shamit went crazy with 30 points, 10 for 15 from the field, 7 for 12 from deep, and an absolute thunder slam that was kind of shocking to see coming from Landry Shamit. Kevin Durant went down early in this game with a thigh contusion after having eight points in only four minutes. Steve Nash said, according to our Alex Schiffer, that he is supposed to be joining the team on its upcoming road trip, and they'll find out tomorrow if he needs any additional scans or treatment. But definitely a scary moment for a team that hasn't really had its three guys together the entire season. I mean, when Katie took the knee to the thigh, you just kind of tossed your threw your hands up, just going like, "Of course, right?" Like this has been the next season all years. Every time it looks like they're going to get somebody back and 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 might actually be at full strength, the universe tends to strike back, going like, "No, we're not allowing this." So, all right, we got through the weekend with the Hawks in fourth, the Celtics in fifth, but they're tied thirty-one and twenty-six. The Knicks just half a game behind them at sixth place at 31 and 27. And Miami now at 29 and 28. So they're a game and a half behind the Knicks. Did you get a maybe clearer sense for what you expect from the race for the four or five series in the Eastern Conference for the rest of the, uh, the stretch here? Yeah, yeah, of course. No, it's going to come down. It's going to come down, I think, all the way to, you know, the last week of the season, if not the last game of the season. I think this this race right here is going to be extremely tight. I mean, even Brooklyn and and Philly, you know, Brooklyn now is, I think, uh, two games back in the loss column and Philly has a season series. But, you, you know. Brooklyn can get hot and go on a run. So it'll be interesting to see where even that kind of finishes in the standings. And what's really interesting is now the Bucks are technically within striking distance for Atlanta and Boston. They're four and a half games up on those teams. So if the Bucks somehow fell off the face of the earth and those teams continue on their toward pace or the Knicks as well, it's very possible that things could change drastically, but that probably is not going to happen. Um, and when Mo says it could be the last game of the season, the Knicks and Celtics, their last game is against each other. So that game could literally decide who has the five or the six seed, which obviously is a big deal because you'd probably rather play against the four seed than the Milwaukee Bucks if they're seven threes. But uh, either way, we're going to have a pretty thrilling, uh, thrilling ending to the regular season. And Mo and I will be there to talk about it here on the NBA Daily Ding. Before you go, don't forget to check out our other shows on the Athletic NBA Podcast Network. We have No Dunks, we have House of Strauss, we have the Athletic NBA Show featuring Mo on Murder She Wrote, plus tons of shows all around the league from your favorite teams. And don't forget to subscribe on theathletic.com slash ding. Mo, have a good week, buddy. 